Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Need to call a timeout real quick here. I wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my world listeners for a while now. It's about all the incredible things happening over on adfreeshows.com. We're joined by Wrestling Royalty as David Crockett takes us month by month through Jim Crockett Promotions booking logs. David and Conrad dive into the towns, matches, and money of JCP in January 1985 on The Book. Uh, Charlotte is really the home of Jim Crockett Promotions, is it not? It is. Yes. It's the home. The thing is, though, Greensboro was always the home of Starcade, and he, yes. you know that the the bigger matches we would take to Greensboro. Main reason is over the whole area we had more population and road systems going to Greensboro than we did Charlotte. We look back on the Turner years with the men who lived them. For the first time ever, Jr. Eric and Tony sit down with a couple of drinks and share stories like you've never heard before on the Ad Free Show's exclusive. After hours. Well, in 1905, I had a regular size growing up refrigerator. I was a grown up man. Uh, and I had a washer and dryer. Shazam! And they were, they were moved from, by Turner from uh, Texas to Atlanta. They told me we're going to put them in storage while you stay at such and such hotel downtown. I don't remember which one it was. Chat one-on-one with the Podfather, an extension of the popular Ask Conrad mailbag series. Conrad talks live with ad-free shows members, answering their questions about wrestling, mortgages, and everything in between. Thank you, man. I appreciate you saying that. I feel the same way. You know, I've, I've met a lot of great people through here and, um, you know, we all have something in common and, and that's our love of wrestling and our inability to just um, mm. let it go. You know, we, we all have this insatiable thirst and quest for more, and we want to learn sure. more and be more involved. And I think it's cool that we all really, for lack of a better word, share a passion like that. And as a result, man, we can have a lot of fun together. Hey, that's just a small taste of what ad free shows has waiting for you, including a brand new perk, getting to join in on the live recordings of the shows 
with four levels to choose from. See for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. That's right. Sign up today at adfreeshows.com. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer, your friend and mine, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you, man? Oh, Conrad Thompson. We're off and running 2023. How are you doing today, pal? I got a couple of questions I'm going to throw at you, uh, but we'll get into it. We've uh, had a wonderful weekend. Um, we'll call it my day job is rolling light along. My my moonlighting job is rolling right along. Lots of balls in the air. Uh, got my first baseball duty at the end of this month. So, uh, Conrad, how are you doing today? Not good. Why is that? Now, stop it. No, 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 no. Time out. Power of positivity. You know. All right, you're right. Let me try it again. Whether you think you can't, you're right. So, uh, Conrad, let's start over. All right. Conrad Thompson, how are you doing today? I'm positive you're an asshole, Jeff. How dare you go out of your way to inflict harm and violence on our great close personal friend, longtime listener of the show, StarCast supporter, wrestling fan just like you and I, Paul Walter Hauser, who has won a Golden Globe earlier in the week, and as you and I are recording just last night, won the Critics' Choice Award, all for his performance in Blackbird that I believe DDP helped him get in some shape for down in Atlanta. How dare you? This guy is a gift to professional wrestling fans. He is proving to the world that wrestling fans are not what you imagined. He is a big-time Hollywood celebrity, and you're trying to take that away from us. And as a fellow wrestling fan, I take issue with that, kind sir. How dare you? Not cool. He, the little doughboy known as Paul Walterhausen. I mean, a glorified glory hound, LA scrum. I don't even, I can't, you caught me out of left field. I had no idea you were going to go down this rabbit hole this early. Um, another guy who's in a long, long line of, of morons and imbeciles that want to step into our industry. And I'm going with Beetlejuice, Gary Coleman. What? The list goes on and on. See less actors who like to get up in the ring and, oh, I'm fanboy this and I'm fanboy that. And I got a lot of respect for this. Conrad, you know as well as I do. Could you not see through? He's an actor. He is up in the middle of the ring in the middle of the Kia Forum, which set a record on a box office. I wrestled in that building. Uh, <clears throat> a man, Alex Marvez, said I wrestled. That, the last time I was in that building wrestling was 1994. So how's that trivia? But back to Walter Housen. Uh, I, I mean, Conrad, can you imagine a guy that is doing pretty good for a C-list actor? I mean, he's 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 a journeyman. 
He's he's like, you know, journeyman wrestlers. He's a journeyman actor. He's going to have a, a nice little run, and then he'll be forgot about, but he's trying to step into our world and comes up with his silly one-liners and says, I look like an owner of a, what was it, a crunch fitness or taking pot shots and all that. Well, again, he ended up the same place that Beetlejuice and Gary Coleman and Mula and May and uh, Ben Stiller and all the other C-list folks that uh, kind of tip their step their toe in our business. So it's good to know now. I had no idea that you knew of this guy. And and when I heard uh backstage that he was coming on Wednesday, true story here, Conrad, I kept saying, who are you guys talking about? Oh no, 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 no. He he's a fan of the show. I'm actually he's been in Jacksonville and he's a huge AEW fan. I said, I, I get all that. There's a there's a lot of delusional fans out there like that. And and I understand that. But can you give me a heads up? What actually has he done that's I don't even want to say relevant buddy what has he done that I would be aware of he was in I Tanya he was in Richard Jewell he was in Queen Pants he's in Blackbird these are critically acclaimed big boys doesn't hit the masses no 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 does hit the masses no no no, no. Tanya? Richard Jewell oh okay that's a 1996 no, no, it's it's a movie from 2019 with a lot of big stars. Why why are you being like this? This guy's a big star, and he did you a favor. <laughs> Clint Eastwood directed that movie. Clint Eastwood would direct you to take a seat in the corner. Oh yeah, I heard backstage he came up with some line about yeah he's worked with um, what was the line that I overheard somewhere they said yeah 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 he's worked with clint acewood so he's kind of a a one shot one take artist and i went he's hanging his hat on being a one take artist does he understand what industry he's in we don't do takes in professional wrestling it conrad it is such a sham that he's conned whoever it may be to get screen time on dynamite don't you find that amusing? He won the award on Tuesday. Yes. He would have been there rain or shine. He wins the award and feels that it's important enough. And he steals a dead gum catchphrase from the wrestling industry and says at the end of the speech, which was another thing that is just like, dude, can you suck anything else out of our industry? And, uh, I know one thing backstage, I got a lot of high fives after that gar guitar shot, a lot of high fives. That's a lie. That's a lie. They, are you calling me a liar? I'm calling you a liar. He's a beloved figure. You're delusional. <laughs> Wait, a beloved figure by his parents, but like who seriously? Well, the golden in the last seven days, the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice Awards in the last seven days. How relevant know, are award shows this day and age? Seriously, I know, it, I know it doesn't compare to the Global Force Wrestling Championship, but still, <laughs> yeah, here we go. I'm yeah. just saying, still, get the gloves off. You want to go? Why would you do that? Oh, He's a nice man. He's a clout vampire trying to get the rub from AEW. There's no doubt. Oh my goodness. You're delusional. Conrad. You know what though? It runs in your family because I heard over the weekend that your boy finally got your literal boy finally got his driver's permit codes is on the road. <laughs> and if you're in and around Hendersonville, I'd make sure your insurance is on auto pay. Let me just say that. 
<laughs> but now that we've got that out of the way, oh, we established last week that he had his new Trevor Lawrence jersey. Yes. I made sure that I saw it. Yep. And uh, by the end of Saturday night, I felt like I needed to know how big they made them jerseys because my man put on a show and it was like, it was like a wrestling match. I tweeted out after the match, after the show, listen to me, the match, the NFL should win Booker of the year, because when you go into halftime at 27, nothing, you and I were joking after Trevor threw a second pick. Cody needs to change the channel right now. And somehow they did it. And, and I don't like him, right? Cause he's a Clemson guy. So my dad and I were kind of hate watching. We love the cons and I'm a big fan of that, but I'm like, I mean, listen, can we not get Minishu or something? Get him out of here. But then when he wins and he doesn't celebrate by renting out Morton's or whatever Paul Heyman does for Roman Reigns. No, no. He goes down to the waffle house. Yeah. My dad and I were like, all right, he's one of us. <laughs> Football, man, this weekend of NFL playoff games. Did I not? I, I, I'm just sitting here. Did I not text you during the game of the first half? Any pictures? Yes. I wasn't going to, I didn't know if we were allowed to talk about that or not. Well, I, 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 I <laughs> so Cody, Cody being Cody. Now let's just add context. Cody is a 15 year old young man who he got his permit, pal. I'm oh, sorry. Loves him some wrestling, loves him some sports. And his dad, of course, uh, Kurt, Mr. Angle is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. His other dad in this, my two dad story is a Tennessee Titans fan. And it would be natural that he would pull for one of them, but we've revealed here that he has actually turned on you. You're a heel to your own son. Mm -hmm. And he's now jamming the acclaims theme song and rocking a Jags Jersey. Cause let's remind everybody the Jags just waffle stomped the Titans a couple of weeks ago. And now it's happening again. He got a little, I think Brian Danielson might call it fickle. <laughs> he had that brand new Jersey through those two picks It's 27, nothing. And you said, son, don't you think we should at least let them get to the half before we give up on them? And you knew that spirit of 76 was coming and you knew since the NFL is rigged and wrestling's real, yep. that they're going to book this in the ultimate comeback and they're going to go to halftime and they're going to call it make adjustments. We're going to say, make a hot tag and come out and just Superman it through. And sure enough, they did kudos to the cons, to the entire Jags organization, to Doug Peterson, to Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence in the post-game interview on the field, when he pulled that helmet off, it looked as if he hadn't sweat. He didn't have a hair out of place. It was like out of a movie and I hated him twice as much then as I did before kickoff, but he totally got me back when he went to Waffle House. I'll be damned. I'm pulling for the Jags. Now they got a tall order this week. Oh, big time tall order. But uh, Conrad, the wardrobe changes on Saturday night was <laughs> in and of itself. Jags jersey on, Jags jersey off, Jags jersey back on. Conrad, we went through the same thing yesterday. Buddy, we had that Lamar Jackson jersey on ready. We had that on early for the Baltimore game. It came off. He was at the, but it wasn't until the last play of the game. It, it, yeah. Took the jersey off and went to bed. So, what a weekend, though, man. What a weekend. And was I right about my Giants? I know you're not going to circle to that, no, are you? No, no, no. I think we both called it exactly right, except for the Giants-Vikings. 
I thought for sure the Vikings were going to get it done. Both you and Ric Flair both picked the Giants. Oh, I got that one wrong. Oh, wow. We got the other ones right. You and I are recording this on Monday. Of course, our show comes out on Tuesday. So the listeners will know what happened by the time they're listening to this. Yep. So let's get you on record right now. Or do you think tonight when the Cowboys play the Buccaneers, are you going with America's team or America's villain? Oh man. Uh, you're not calling Mr. Brady America's villain. Are you? Amer- Tom Brady is the most loved and hated athlete in the NFL. Would you agree with that? Okay. It's a lightning rod. Kind of like Cena esque. Yes. I think he is almost universally hated in other football towns. They don't have any love for him in Buffalo or Miami or Pittsburgh or wherever, but, uh, he, and when I say he, I mean, he, cause whenever, whenever people talk about the bucks in my real life, all I've heard all weekend is, Hey man, are you watching Brady versus the Cowboys? Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. There's also the bucks. It's sort of like when we put together the show in Nashville, you said, Hey man, just call it Ric Flair and others. Uh, well, it's Tom Brady and others. Yep. Go ahead, Mr. Football Guru. Well, I picked, I think we talked about this last week. Uh, Michael Parsons is dominant. Uh, Tom won't have, I love Tom. I love Tom Brady. And, and what he's doing at this stage of his career is inspiring. And there was out on a, a little hot wire, as we said, said here on MLK day, Monday morning, that Mr. Brady is looking at three teams next year, Raiders, 49ers and the Tennessee Titans. That may just be chatter. Um, There's no chance he plays in Tennessee. No state income tax. Think about it. Yeah, but who wants to play in Tennessee? Oh. I'm just saying. Like, he grew up a 49er fan. He did. You telling me he wouldn't want to run around in Joe Montana's field? I think think Brock, I mean, I I think 49ers is kind of the stars aligning to go home, kind of like – the Patriots winning it uh, in a one Oh two. I mean that, you know, come on, it's script writers do it well. So Tom Brady going home to the 49ers is kind of the storybook ending to an incredible career that I can see happening. But if, if Brock Purdy rolls through these playoffs, which it kind of looks like the rookie man, do you, how hard is it going to be to move off of him? Or do you bring Brady in? And Brock backs him up for a year. I don't see, I don't know. Listen, let me ask you this. I know that we're talking to a changed man, but let's imagine for a minute that you were Tom Brady, arguably the most famous athlete in America, uber wealthy. Most ladies would probably say pretty damn handsome man and freshly divorced. And you could go where there's also no state income tax to the state of Nevada. I play in Las Vegas. <laughs> Hypothetically, you're on the roll today, man. You are if you're talking about just being a super wealthy, famous single, no state income. Ain't no way I'm picking Tennessee over Las Vegas. You ever been in Tootsie's? I have. <laughs> I now listen, I know that Broadway has a lot of action, but we can't compare that to the strip in Las Vegas. Not really. I hear you. I don't know. It's going to be fun, but uh, yeah. Cowboys tonight. And and can we just kind of end on this, on the football talk? I don't think there is I, – I hope after last night's game that our friend, Joe Park, Chris Park. 
Abyss. Dr. Abyss. However you want to catch A his name. He has to have moved off Burrow. A backup quarterback for the Ravens took oh, oh, oh. Burrow is a journeyman quarterback if I've ever seen one. And Abyss, I think, will admit that today. Don't you think so, Conrad? Don't you think that the the, the integrity that's left in, in Chris's brain, he has to admit Burrow's a journeyman? I sincerely <laughs> appreciate that you lean all the way into the absurd today. Yes, sir. <laughs> Burrow proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that he belongs. He's the face of the Bengals. He is. What did he do yesterday? I'm just saying, in yesterday's game, come on. He won it. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Winners win. Baltimore lost it. Well, whatever. Okay. But Burrow. Let, let's, let's, let's fast forward. Okay. Let's go to February. Let's go to mid-February. Let's call it. Couple days before Valentine's Day, if we will. Okay. All right. I'm calling it now. What I want to see, I'm not saying I think this will happen, but what I would like to see is a Super Bowl rematch for the ages, the Bills versus the Cowboys, except this time the Bills win by 50. I think it would be such a great story that if the Bills get into the Super Bowl, it's the team that beat them like a damn drum over and over yeah. and over. That would be phenomenal as a, as a booker. Would it not? It could happen. It, de yeah. it definitely could happen. Here we are. Me and you have a podcast that talks about professional wrestling, little business, little life here and there. And we just spent a, a better part of 10 minutes. On 17 the minutes talking about the NFL. No, 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 no. You had to bring up that. Job. Oh, well, yeah. That little grub, uh, Walterhausen. Uh, what? No, what what even is his name. His name's Paul Walterhausen. Paul Walterhausen. No, Hauser. Paul Hausen. What is his name? I don't See? even. He literally, he's not even in this. Jeff, I asked you if you had seen the movie Cocoon two weeks ago, and you looked at me like I had flaming turds hanging out of my mouth. You don't know movies. You don't know pop culture. You haven't seen The Sopranos. You don't get to comment on things like this. I think it's a damn shame. You don't know what the, who Tony Soprano is, but you're very familiar with who Sanjay Dutt is. My man, the shame. they love us. They absolutely adore us. And did you see us with that Golden Globe? Uh, yeah. just, it was it was a sight. That I, you know what I like most of all that I wish we would have captured on camera. But me, even me and Sanjay did a double take uh, in the back. Um, our man sought them. Yeah. Foot four, um, you know, basketball background, but can you imagine the look on my face and Sanjay's face? And lethal was like, well, Sottenham doing this with the, uh, uh, trophy. Boop. Boop. Right. Oh hand. my God. And right hand. <laughs> Conrad, he was playing toss with the golden globe. Make, put a huge smile on my face. I assure you that Sottenham has no idea about Paul Walterhausen. Not, not at all. Doesn't you don't either, because that ain't even his name. You have put an N on his name every time. It's Paul Walterhausen, like Danhausen, Walterhausen. No. Hauser, not an N. Are you sure? Yes. Get the Google machine. It's Walter. I got Google. I got Google. <laughs> I got his phone number. We're friends. Paul Walter Hausen. Hauser. Hauser. Oh. You keep doing it. Okay.
listen, Jerry, we're going to get this together. All right. Listen, here's the deal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're having a lot of fun today. And a lot of this fun is brought to you by factor this new year. You've got goals and factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them, save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with factors, ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door, get factor. And not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, the prepping and the cleaning up too. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and enjoy. And by the way, this is good no matter what your lifestyle is. Whether you're looking to get the most out of keto or calorie smart or vegan plus veggie, they've even got protein plus meals on the menu each week. These are all prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. And each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef prepared dietitian approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with over 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and all the other satisfying add-ons. Maybe you're looking to cut back on takeout. Well, why not get Factor instead? Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but the meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. Can't beat two minutes, y'all. By the way, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, you know that your factor meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. Maybe you're looking to mix it up. Well, you can add a protein to select the vegan or veggie meals each week. So get factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor packed meals delivered right to your door. Ready in just two minutes. There really is no easier way to eat. Well, achieve and maintain your goals this year with factor. Get America's number one ready to eat meal kit. Start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Head now to factor75.com slash myworld60 and use our code myworld60 to get 60% off your first box. That code is myworld60 at factor75.com. That's my slash myworld60 to get 60% off your first box. Jeff, this is the real deal. You're in the best shape you've ever been in. And, uh, I know for certain that you've told me before, Hey man, you can't out train a bad diet. You gotta have a good diet and you're mindful of what you're eating. And it doesn't get any easier than factor 75.com slash my world and getting 60% off your first box. Conrad, I'll just be real short and simple on this one. Take the guesswork out. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I really do. I'm a big believer in that. I, uh, 
finally started listening to others uh, in every facet of my life, but uh, that's what it does. Take the guesswork out. I'm not saying count calories, but uh, just take the guesswork out and know what you're eating and you uh, plan accordingly and then you can eat accordingly. If you leave it up to happenstance and say, hey, today I think I'm going to eat this or I'm going to do that, it never turns out that way. In the world we live in, the easiest thing to do is I'm going to go get a soft drink. Oh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. Doesn't work that way, pal. Six Ps. Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Factor75.com slash MyWorld60. Use that code MyWorld60 and save 60% off. Well, eventually, we're going to talk about our main topic today. We're finally here. Uh, We tried to do this a few weeks ago. You threw me a curveball. We're going to talk about Final Resolution 2008. But before we do, I know you want to bring up something, but I too want to bring up news that came out over the weekend. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see it. I know you were cracking A-list celebrities over the head with guitars. But on Friday night, Impact presented their pay-per-view, Hard to Kill. It was Friday the 13th. It was a phenomenal pay-per-view. It opened with the world title match. Bubba Ray Dudley, uh, or I'm sorry, Bully Ray, uh, took on um, Mr. Alexander for the world title. And I think Josh Alexander's quietly had one of the best years a wrestler ever had in the last year. They stole the show. It was an, an incredible show, but it finished with Mickey James sort of career versus title and what we were calling her last rodeo. And Mickey James did it. She is now the impact women's champion. Josh Alexander retained. It was a phenomenal show in a world famous building and center stage in Atlanta, just a tremendous pay-per-view, but the big news coming out of it for me and you is a guy we both think a lot of revealed that he approached AEW and said, Hey man, I'd like to bet on myself. Can you grant me my release? I want to go to impact wrestling. And Frankie Kazarian is signed to a long-term full-time contract now with impact wrestling. I'm so happy for Frankie. What a cool story to bet on yourself at a time when a lot of other folks wouldn't have done that. He did. And I thought he had a phenomenal match with Josh last year in, uh, in Louisville. I can't wait to see what he's going to do in impact in the coming years. You know, what's cool. I can, yes. Short, uh, comment is super, super, super congrats. Uh, when he, uh, had the X division match, uh, going back a couple of months, I text him and, and, uh, just basically said, congrats, put a smile on my face. We had a, a, a text exchange and then I saw him a couple of weeks ago and, and, um, we actually had a discussion about Don West among other things, but you know, Frankie and myself go, go back a ways. Um, what's really cool, Conrad, I'll say about this story is that God sounding like the old timer that I swore I'd never would be, but you know, back in the territory days, Conrad guys would change territories and they would do that kind of on, uh, and you had a great story about Michael Hayes. Uh, but you know, people would would move territories when they felt that it was time. You never want to hang around to either you wear out your welcome or booker changes or whatever it may be. It's always, Conrad, from a business perspective, you know this much better than me, is take your future in your own hands. Bet on yourself. Uh, The worst decision is indecision because that's a decision, those kind of things. But it put a smile on my face uh, cause it goes without saying AEW's talent roster is deep, 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 deep. Yes. 
Um, and, and, and just the nature of the beast, just because of, of how the industry works, it's a very, very, very small group that are, we'll call them the mainstays in, you know, you, you look back on the territory days and you had, I don't say Lawler and others because it was really Lawler, Dundee and, but Dutch came in and out. I mean, there's, there's a couple of, but you know, you, you only have a very, very small group of, of folks that are mainstays. Everybody else is supporting actors, actresses. It's a revolving door. It's, it's, you, you just can't have the same roster week in, week out. So I'm tickled to death in so many ways for Frankie. I think more than anything is Frankie at this stage of his career, he's betting on himself. Hats yeah. off. Hats off. Super pumped to see what's next for Frankie and uh, legitimately y'all, if you haven't already check out what impact is doing. Uh, I think it's one of the best kept secrets in wrestling. There you go. Impactwrestling.com forward slash packages. Use that promo code Jeff and uh, get the hookup. You can get their pay-per-views and see all the archives, including some things we're going to talk about today. Uh, but they have great wrestlers. They have great matches. They have great stories. They have great production. They have great leadership. I think the world of Scott Demore and his crew and just excited for them to have a big year. And they kicked it off with a bang. If you missed that pay-per-view, go out of your way to check it out. Uh, Mickey and Mrs. Grace just crushed it in the main event. And uh, I don't think a, a pay-per-view could have started any stronger than uh, Bully and Josh Alexander. Really, really phenomenal performances all around. Uh, but Jeff, before we get into the topic, I know you had something else you wanted to hit me with. You know what? Uh, and and I'm sh I would assume you've covered it on some of your other podcasts. But from a business perspective, and I started to call you uh, at some point uh, last week, and then I'm like, no, I'll wait. I want to have a phone conversation. And we're both busy during the week, and then football <laughs> got going and all that. So my question is, Conrad, last week, I mean – not just Twitter world, just kind of every, I mean, I got some crazy bizarre texts from, uh, two dudes in, in the law firm, uh, that reps me. Um, obviously my buddies in the gym, it was just a lot of chatter on, Hey, what do you think? Of course they were asking about the chairman, uh, reentering the picture, but, but the questions really started landing on, you think he's going to go private or you think it's going to be a buyer and all that kind of stuff. Taking out, I'll, I'll say the emotion, Conrad, because Con, you know Comcast, Disney, or Amazon, or, or whoever you, you want to, who whatever publicly traded company versus going private, and I think there's a couple of different scenarios where it could go private. What's your thoughts on positive and negatives, uh, or just your thoughts? I'll shut up. I, but what do you have any? I I, I really do. I was going to call you privately, but what's your thoughts on the public private? debate, if you will, or discussion. Eric and I have broken it down two weeks in a row. And the, the episode that just came out today, as you and I are recording it, we did over two hours talking about every little moving piece of this. Oh, wow. And you, know, you know, Eric, he gets down in the rabbit hole. So Eric has done okay. a lot of research and, uh, talked to a lot of folks and he's got some pretty strong opinions and he and I both landed on, we think the company is going private. And as I said, I said, I think to you, but I know to some others, when the first announcement was made that Vince was coming back, he already had a plan. He already knew what he wanted to do. And we think a lot of this stuff about, well, we're working with JP Morgan and we're going to talk about alternative sales and alternative options and strategic strategies and all the little buzzwords. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's got a plan. I think he's going private. And, uh, 
I don't know what that means for when a 77 year old takes his business private, like from a succession plan. And I'm not saying that because it does bear resemblance to the HBO show succession. And I posted a, a, a sort of a tongue in cheek, silly tweet when Stephanie stepped down, that was a reference to that, but that's what I believe. I believe the company goes private and that Vince already had a plan while he was off on whatever Island he was on learning to fly fish and grow his easy top beard. Not that either one of those happened, but yeah, <laughs> that's what I think is happening. He's uh he's going to go private. Okay. I'm glad I asked you publicly. I wasn't we real sure. I, I was asked that from a couple of big, big different people. And, and I said, well, you want to, a and I put it in the words in their mouth. You won't, why don't you ask me what do I want to see happen? Yes. And I definitely, I, I definitely believe, and we don't have a lot of history in the, our industry, but the professional wrestling industry is just, I, 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 it's, it's, it's run much better in a private setting because there's a vision. There's a final, uh, decision maker. The buck stops with one person. Um, it, it's, it's just how I think the success of our industry can thrive. And I'm just saying, I think the wrestling industry is, can be much more successful if WWE is private, uh, uh, for all the obvious reasons and some not so obvious when you, in your public world, you, you, in a lot of ways, your boss is wall street and how much context does wall street really have in our industry? That's how I view it. So you, be, you even said to me privately, there's a phrase you like to use about corporate and wrestling. Do you want to say that and share it with everybody? Your uh, belief? Fresh refresh my memory. I'm not sure where you're going with this one. Corporations kill wrestling. Wrestling oh, yeah. can't exist in a corporation. Corporate wrestling sucks. Blah, blah, blah. I've heard you yes. beat that drum a, a variety of different ways that you feel strongly that. Strongly. Yeah. Cor it's not going to work. Court wrestling will never work in a corporate structure. No Very matter true. who is in charge at WWE, try explaining that two levels up, three levels up. Bob Iger, Jeff Bezos, whatever. Wait, what are you talking? I mean, I mean, gosh, but believe me, I've done it on a teeny, 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 tiny level, but I had to do it with Panda often. It, it It's very hard to translate. Very hard to translate. Our industry. Well, what's not hard to translate is our love for talking about old TNA. Last month, we covered the Epic Samoa Joe backstage fight at Turning Point. Of course, Scott Hall no-showed the main event, and that led to some issues on the show. And now, well, there's a lot to clean up. On December 3rd, before TV, a meeting is called at 1.30 in the afternoon with all the wrestlers and management. And the meeting had nothing to do with the actions at the pay-per-view. Meltzer would say the meeting had been planned for at least two weeks as management was fed up with undercard wrestlers complaining, talking about wanting to leave, but being bound by their contracts. And they wanted a showdown like what Eric Bischoff did years ago in WCW when he figured nobody would walk out and Raven asked for his release. The meeting held at the impact zone in the bleachers started with Joe apologizing to Nash and to the company for being unprofessional the night before and was very emotional in his speech. Johnny Devine then got up and apologized as apparently something happened involving him at a hotel on December 1st. Dixie Carter then spoke and she got choked up at times. And I was told it was her finest hour when it came to speaking in front of the talent. 
At the meeting, Terry Taylor told any wrestler that if they wanted to be released from their contract, they could get it. Uh, Jeff, walk us through this meeting. What do you remember of this? Uh, here's as I was literally trying to really rattle my brain on recollections, two things that kind of jumped off as I read Dave's reporting. One being Terry Taylor. My gut tells me, I don't remember the specifics of this. I don't even know if I was in the room. Um, pulling back a little bit. I've never been a big fan of big talent wide meetings to discuss individual decisions that may or may not need to be made because, uh, you know, Hey, who wants their release? You can do that in a small group setting or individually doing it in a big setting gets egos involved in the wrong way. It gets, messy. excuse me, it's messy. It, yeah, it, it kind of gets into grandstanding. I think the messaging is wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, but my best recollection is this is, was a Dixie Carter driven meeting. Terry Taylor, uh, was probably given the instructions. When you look at the list of people that, that spoke the, the apologies, um, I'll just kind of say it feels very, um, I don't want to say scripted, but, but kind of planned, Hey, Joe, you know, get your feelings out here and, and whatever it may be, all things that may or may not need to have been said. Um, but again, I don't even remember if I was in the room, not out of protest by any means, other than me being, what was I with Keith Mitchell, whatever it may, it was a talent meeting to discuss some things. Um, and look, we've gone into detail ad nauseum on, on this podcast that the more success we had, the more issues we had from a talent perspective people wanted to get their pay raised they wanted more bookings they wanted more time on the show we've gone through the going from one hour to two hour people thought magically when we went to two hours everybody would have a spot on the show that's just not a reality so we had talent issues disgruntlement uh people that you know just expected more um, it was growing pains in so many ways. So it, 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 and it would ebb and flow, but this talent meeting, I believe Dave was probably right. That had been kind of, um, planned if you will, or, or talked about for two weeks or so. So, you know, um, not knowing that the Joe, uh, Kevin Nash thing had, was going to go down and all that, but they had planned, Hey, let's get everybody together. I know from time to time there would be interviews and website reports and, leaks, if you will, that would just kind of cause uh, uneasiness with Dixie. Uh, but it was, you know, it all was what it was. And I think uh, Joe said things that were heartfelt and Kev and Johnny Devine. I can't remember. I probably, we should kind of, I thought you ask Scott next time you talk to him, what did Devine do? I'm sure there was some kind of shenanigans at the double jury or something like that, but you know, it rolled along and then everybody started speaking. Um, which that's where a, a meeting can go sideways quickly. Sinshi, who was asked many times to be released, immediately asked. Both sides agreed that he would work the TVs this week first to give the company a chance to create storylines that write him out of the Triple X team. He was the only one who asked on the spot, but Ron Killings, who had quit once before and was called back to do the Pac Man Jones angle, also asked and was granted a release. Nobody else asked for their release, but we know that several wrestlers have contacted ring of honor and or triple a about availability. And it would be assumed WWE also got similar calls. 
The way the wrestlers understood it, the offer was open-ended, which meant they could come back in a week or two and ask. It was a risky move because there is unhappy key talent. So let's talk about Sinchi. Of course, we know him on the independence as low key. He and Ron Killings, AKA R-Truth with WWE, both asked for their releases. Were you shocked? Did you think this was just chatter? And when it came to quote unquote, nut cutting time, they wouldn't do this or is this uh, about what you expected? Two different stories. Ron, uh, I think wanted to go back, um, stayed in contact with WWE folks, wanted to go back up there, but look, we've talked about Brandon, Sinchi, Loki, yep. unbelievable talent. Yep. Um, you know, as history now kind of proves itself, he never really fit in the mold of working for one promoter. He liked independence. He liked to kind of do his own thing. He liked to control uh, his career. But I think in his case, a lot of times to his detriment because his untapped potential, uh, kind of, we both saying this, can you imagine had low-key allowed himself to just kind of roll with the flow and just continue to stay in one place and get over and get over. Uh, he's up there in our top 10 list of, uh, most potential, most untapped potential. I would say, uh, yes. incredible talent. It just never came to light ever. So since he didn't become, and boy, I hate, we're talking about a guy like this because I think you and I both were big fans and really thought a lot of his work and assumed he would have been a bigger star, but now with the benefit of hindsight, we look back 15 years later, it didn't happen. Um, I will say this real quick, jump in there looking through this. Cause this is at the top of the notes. I know there was a time that AJ styles was, we were saying, we'll say move him out of the X division or in a broader role that I campaigned and a lot of others not campaign. We had in our mind, I believe low key, you know, if you want to kind of design a, a great X division guy that can do the high flying high spots, he can do the ground game. He can do, he can do it all in the ring. Um, he was going to be a, a pillar for us and it just never panned out. Well, um, why do you, why do you think, I mean, in hindsight, I guess I'm trying to get to, do you think it was a mistake for him to ask for his release? I guess what I'm trying to drive at is I know that you've given a lot of quote unquote wrestler lessons on this program. And I think that's the reason so many people in the industry listen, because you're able to talk about things from the quote unquote boys perspective and from the office perspective. And so you can use your your selfish hat at times and say, as a performer, here's what I would need to be successful. But you can also wear the, the owner's hat and say, well, here's what I need from everybody in order for this to work for the whole company. And I think that's fascinating. And you're uniquely qualified to answer this in hindsight, had low key Senshi, whatever we want to call him stuck around. Do you think eventually it could have worked or was it never going to work because it needed to be his way or the highway, so to speak. It absolutely could have worked. I, I think I've been in these shoes, not exactly like him. I'm not the worker he is, but I was my own worst enemy multiple times. And I'll give you a little old school lesson that Randy Savage taught me. Uh, 
riding in the back of my car one time. I have no idea how the conversation came up. There was something about some guy jumping. And look, this would have been early 90s going from Nashville to Louisville. He, he came down and worked a few shots. So early 90s, Conrad, and you're much better with the expert. But, you know, there were a, guy, a lot of guys at WCW that were going up north. It, there was the window, the door was going back and forth. But Randy had a almost a quote or a saying or a mindset, never jump without a net. Um, and so did Brandon have a net when he asked for his release? Did he have a true plan in place, not just to re replace his income revenue, but his, um, the ability to grow his career. And unless he had a WWE deal in place, we're on spike TV. Our, the name of our game, especially in 07, 08, 09, kind of pre-social media, which has completely changed the game in exposure and awareness. Uh, we were definitely th the best opportunity for the name of Loki or Sinchi to be well-known, the face. He had a look. So even, uh, I'll go out on a limb, even, and he, it wasn't this in, in 08, but I'll just say this, even working the middle of the card or maybe doing jobs here and there, He's in a lot better position, a lot better position. So, yes, it would have worked out because talent always rises to the top. That goes without saying. Everybody, that, that if, if you know, that is a cardinal rule, uh, if you will. Why do they call it cardinal? Because of the coordinates on the compass and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, low-key could have been a massive success because his talent was that good had he stayed the course. I don't recall – when he jumped Conrad, did he go straight to WWE? He didn't go straight there, but he did go later that year. He quit you guys in January of 08. It's November of 08 before he shows up in WWE. He okay. leaves at the end of 2010. So he spent all of nine and 10 in WWE. It didn't really work out. And, uh, here's your path. He's bounced around a little bit since, and yep. I don't guess it's really worked much since. Yep. Gotcha. Um, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But don't jump without a net is, uh, is good advice from Randy Savage and some good advice from our old pal, Mick Foley is blue chew is like a hot tag for your wiener boys and girls. And we're proud to have blue chew as a sponsor on this program, we're sponsoring our studios today and Jeff Jarrett's wiener. It's, uh, well, it's something you got to see to believe it's something you got to try to believe. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. So plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, let me explain. This is not 
just for guys who have an issue. This is for guys who uh, think of it as PEDs for your junk. You know, like you're a wrestling fan. You're listening to this. We're all familiar with PEDs. Well, now there's one for your junk. It's called Blue Chew. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. That means no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversation, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And when you get this package, it's going to be time to put on a five-star performance. You're going to leave a lasting impression. People are going to want another round of that. And that's kind of, listen, I don't know what makes them want to do the things they do, but I know when you do a good job, they're ready for round two. and You will be too. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. Have better sex, y'all. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free and use our promo code MYWORLD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is MYWORLD to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. This music is a vibe, Jeff. Mick you want dude love is a vibe. Does, does, let me ask you, does Mick ever kind of get into the dude love mentality during the Blue Chew greed? Oh, yeah. He starts duding it up. I bet he's duding it up. He is a dude. <laughs> we got to get you a guitar that says Blue Chew on the back. Okay. And you can just walk around and start hitting people in their soft wieners. Bam. 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 They're running out there. That's a false finish if there ever was one. Yeah. Check it out. Bluetooth.com. Use the promo code MyWorld. Enough of that. All right. So listen, let's talk about uh, some other folks who are going to give speeches. Kurt Angle, Booker T, Brother Ray, Earl Hebner, Tom Coe, and Christian. They all give speeches to the entire locker room. Meltzer would say, with the exception of Christian, who didn't say a lot, all gave strong speeches to guys who have never worked WWE, saying that most of the WWE guys right now are miserable, and they talked about the pressure there and the politics there being horrible. The gist was the lifestyle of being in TNA is far superior to WWE, and you guys don't know how lucky you are, and the grass seems greener, but having been there, it isn't. Now that is a powerful statement. And I know that Ron Killings wanted to go back. I get that. But when you've got guys like Earl Hebner and Tom Coe and Bully Ray and Booker T and Kurt Angle, everybody in that locker room looks at them and says, man, that guy's been on a WrestleMania. He's been on a Royal Rumble. He's been on a SummerSlam. And that is what they all grew up wanting to be back when they were just fans and had action figures or video games or bought tickets. That's what they wanted to be. And so I can see from their perspective, how this feels like a stepping stone to that. And this is holding me back and I'll never get there because they're not doing this. And I get that that's their dream, but to have guys stand up and say, Hey man, your dream ain't as great as you think it is. Cause I was there and this is much better. That is a strong statement. Would that have been something that some of those guys would have asked on their own if they could do. Or are you or Dixie or someone else going to them and saying, Hey, why don't you just tell them the real deal? Tell them exactly how you feel about having been there and here. Because I do think that grass is greener mentality had to exist, right? Sure. And you know, there's some mixed emotions I have about this because a, I 
off the top of this conversation, I've never been a big fan of this kind of talent wide meeting. And like I said, ego and grandstanding and mixed messaging and all that. But I think you just mentioned Booker, Kurt, Tomko, Christian. Okay. Yeah. Christian so, Hebner. so, okay. Five. Let's say at the minimum, each and Earl Hebner, six. So at the minimum, each of those guys talk three to five minutes. So we're talking 20 to 20. Look, okay. As you know, messaging, when did everybody start tuning out after you just tune out that it's not getting across. The other thing is, is that just kind of the simplicity of the reality of you can take any, they, you know, that picture, who, whoever that we're talking about, that those guys were trying to get the message across. It's easy for them to go, Hey, yeah. Uh, is your truck paid for it? Yep. Is your house paid for? It? Oh yeah. Uh, this, this, and this. Yeah. Guess what? I want to go through hell because I want those same things. I still have a truck payment and and I, or a car payment, and I still have this, and I still have that. You know what? If I could go on the road twenty days a month, you damn right I'd go on the road. It it, it because it kind of that group mentality. I just think you lose everything. Uh, you, you lose the individual. Hey, you're grouping us in as it just. I just think it's. I think it didn't hit the mark. That would be my take. Um, yes. Is the message there real from Kurt and Booker? Yeah, absolutely. But they had kind of been up that mountain. I'm not saying to the tip top of the mountaintop, but you know, they'd been up that mountain and it's Anglehead. Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. And Booker, I'm not saying, but what I'm saying is they had done that run. And a lot of those guys are, are, are basically saying, I'd love to have those problems. Because the problems I have today are real. I just think that's the reality of it. I see. So you're saying that perhaps these are millionaires standing up there saying, hey, it ain't as great as you think. And maybe the guys that are saying that to you are having trouble making a light bill. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that's real. Yeah, it is real. Um, let's talk about some things that are happening on TV. Kurt Angle is going to meet with Christian Cage and talk about how they both lost at the pay-per-view. So now they need to get together and form a team. And later, Christian and Rude and the Angle Alliance are all out. And Rude is going to agree to Angle's idea. And then Christian starts ripping on Bobby Rude. Uh, and then he starts ripping on Tomko. Um, Christian says that he's going to join the group, but only as the leader. And Angle has to agree to it. So we got Joe Kaz, Eric Young, Booker T and Kevin Nash all coming out to challenge them for a TV main event. Was it time for Christian to be the baby face? Did you prefer Christian as a baby face or a heel? Oh, I thought, I think he's a better heel at the end of the day. I think he's a natural fit and heel, but in this time in episodic television and man, as we get rolling through this episode, Conrad, it again, it is so glaringly obvious that we were bowing to the master of trying to get our ratings up because that's ultimately getting our revenue up from the spike Viacom deal. Um, we left a lot to be desired to build toward this pay-per-view in a lot of ways. Um, but the power struggle between Kurt and Christian was front center uh, of this in ring and where we were going with it and try to create that basically that story of Christian Kurt. Um, because once we got to this, 
I don't get too far ahead. They tore the house down, but the, the, the over booking or over episodically trying to create twists and turns, uh, left a lot to be desired. We, we, we missed on a lot coming up here. Christopher Daniels is going to defeat Sinshi clean to win the briefcase and ride him out with Elix Skipper as the referee to really put the nail in the coffin on Sinshi. And you've got Hermie Sadler, your boy here doing commentary. Uh, was the plan to work closer with him in 2008 for house shows or what was the big plan for working with Hermie and TNA? Yeah, that's it. Uh, business partner. Um, he had a lot of exposure and awareness in the Fox world. Um, you know, Fox sports world. And so have having him on camera from time to time, um, what was a, a bonus for exposure. He was still driving some at the time. Uh, we were sponsoring some of his cars at the time, again, awareness. And he wanted to get into the live event business. And we desperately wanted to find promoters coast to coast that were willing to do co-promotions with us where they would assume uh, some of the financial risk, but also get, some of the financial reward. That was kind of the business model we were looking at. Let's talk about something else that happens on the program. That was a little crazy. We got team 3d teaming up with Johnny divine to beat Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, and Jay lethal in a ladder match. This is directly from the observer. The deal here is that the X division title belt was at stake, but not the championship itself. Makes sense out of that one. No, I can't lethal actually pulled the belt down, but the ref missed it. Ray hit lethal with a kendo stick and gave divine the belt. And the funniest part unintentionally was when brother Ray climbed a ladder at one point, the ladder broke. This feels like an LOL TNA moment. And you got to be in the back, just shaking your head at some of this creative and the execution when the dog on ladder bus, goodness. That's what I'm wondering if the, I'd like to see it. Let's go to impact plus give that code right now. Was that a spot or was it? a screw up from literally I, I don't recall. And it wasn't in the notes, um, but a ladder breaking those double-sided ladders are pretty damn sturdy. So maybe it was a planned spot. I don't know, but the stipulation Conrad, what the hell were we thinking? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's what? it's up for grabs, but not really. Yeah. I don't get that. Next up in the deal or no deal spoof, we have four guys who have briefcases and Scott Steiner, Petey Williams, Daniels and BG James. And they have a four way where the winner has a choice between picking any briefcase that the loser would have, or get a check for $50,000. Sadler's back out doing color. Steiner's going to pin Williams. They tease the idea that Williams had the shot at angles title, but never expressly said it. Steiner asked the fans like in a game show and they said, take the money. Steiner said he wanted a title shot and he'd take Williams briefcase. They then opened the briefcase, which was Steiner's. And it was the one with the TNA title shot. So Steiner blew the money and gave away the title shot. Is this a little silly? Is this a little overbooked? It's overbooked. <laughs> and, and for folks that aren't completely aware on this and Conrad, you did a wonderful blow your gasket type deal. When we talked about, we had the match, uh, in, um, in November of this year, uh, in the following television. So, so on the match, there were four briefcases in one of the briefcases. It is, it's your pink slip. You're getting fired. So the hot potato of, we don't want that briefcase was okay. So now Conrad, not only are we not going to give the 
payoff to this match on the November pay-per-view. We're going to take it to impact and I get it episodically. We're going to go, we're going to double down and go on another round of having a four way with those four winners because we were trying to emphasize the point. You might get fired if your briefcase is the one with the pink slip. So you want money or do you want the chance to get fired or do you even want to really double down and get a title shot? So that's the, the broad stroke psychology, but lots lost in translation. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a little much for me. Uh, Christian is scheduled to take a match, uh, a tag match with Bobby Roode and angle in the main event, but he's not exactly made friends up in TNA at this point. He's turned down by Kaz Booker and Nash. So I don't know how we're really cementing him as a new baby face. Along the way, we got Angelina Love and Velvet uh, Sky beating Tracy Brooks and Jackie Moore. And in, in this match, Moore acts drunk. And she's also drinking during the match. And Brooks is going to yell at her. And one of the women are going to sneak up behind Brooks and pin her. And then Rude starts yelling at Brooks about losing again. This causes Charmel to come out and defend Brooks, saying she's t- uh, sick and tired of how he's treating her. And rude called her a streetwalker, which brings Booker out. And of course rude leaves, but that sets up Bobby rude and Booker T for the pay-per-view kind of a pretty creative way to get to Booker and rude, uh, two talented performers and Bobby rude's on the come up here, working with the hall of famer, no doubt for sure. And, um, you know, all through this era, and I'm not just saying this pay-per-view, but we had the veterans and, you know, main event mafia was going to be created, uh, not long after this. So Booker angle Steiner Nash, uh, we'll call it the vets, the legends. And we wanted to match them up with the home Chrome guys to create chemistry and get the rub, if you will. And, um, at the end of the day, continue to evolve our, um, I'll say our homegrown talent to, to, to create stars from them. Did it always work? Nope. But that was the design for Booker and Robbie, uh, Robbie, Robert rude. Next up, we've got, uh, Jim Mitchell, who's coming out and going to start berating abyss. He's going to say, Hey, you owe me everything. I got you out of jail and made you a star, but he keeps calling abyss Chris. And he goes on and on about how his mother shot his father three times. Eventually the lights go out. And when the lights come back on, Judas Messias is back and it's going to bloody up abyss with a barbed wire bat and handcuff him and then nail him with a couple of uh, hard chair shots to the head. And of course, when the lights go out, these old school fans, they think this is going to be Sabu or maybe sting, but when they see that it's neither they boo, uh, a lot to unpack here. First, let me ask, do you like the whole lights off lights on thing or no? it can be overdone so quickly and the false expectation, which you alluded to, um, that'll get you in trouble big time. And so with the sting abyss stories through the years or whatever it may be, and maybe like you said, a Sabu, I think more the, the sting expectation can get you in trouble, but, um, it can be overdone. But as we've seen through the years, it's such a simple way to, I don't want to say a set change, but people get people in and out and it, it, you know, everybody loves a surprise in wrestling or entertainment or heck in sports. We got surprises all weekend in football. Everybody loves a surprise. The blackouts create simple drama. And if you let it breathe a minute, 
and the lights back on, it's a reveal and done correctly can be super effective. BG is going to open his briefcase and it has a tag title shot. Uh, but he notes that he may not choose Kip. Um, Daniels is going to open up his briefcase and he's fired. And that meant that Steiner's briefcase had the X division title shot. When Daniels was fired, the crowd started cheering probably because they knew it was either him or Steiner. There's an ROH chant when it was announced that Daniels was fired. Although Daniels is under contract and he's not leaving. There's nothing decided as to how he'll be brought back. Uh, next up, we got angle and rude who are going to beat Christian in the TV main event. As it turns out, Christian could never find a tag team partner. Eventually styles is going to run in looking like he's going to make the save for Christian, but then walks out without doing so. And this is pretty crazy because this is 15 years ago, but here is the report from the observer. Sting, who turns 49 next year, has either verbally agreed to a one-year deal or the belief is they're very close to a new agreement. It's been reported that he signed, but the last word we had is that he's believed to be close to signing. The deal is said to be for some TVs and most pay-per-views. As noted last year, there were differences of opinion regarding Sting. Dixie sees him as a superstar whose name will help them in licensing deals and look more major league. Sting will be working few, if any, house shows, although the company plans to greatly expand in that direction this year. At this stage of the game, I see Sting as having his best value working maybe a few shows per year when the angle fits in, and even then, I don't know what he'd mean. His pay numbers are big, and he's not a guy like Angle who can be justified because he helps him sell house shows to outside promoters and gets others over. So it's kind of crazy to think, man, can you believe it? He's going to do one more year and he's going to turn 49 15 years later. He's still doing it, man. <laughs> yes. Um, Stinger. I, I think we've discussed this a, a couple of different times, but it was always a yearly situation and unanimously in the room, we would tell Dixie or slash Dallas. Yes, we want him, but you're the ones and the only ones that can make the determination, does it fit the budget? And we knew that no matter how many dates we could, we were going to get on him, and especially with us kind of getting into live events, which never materialized with Sting, but he, 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 he has so much equity in the brand Sting that Spike knew it, our international uh, agent in London, damn sure knew it, um, Jack specific, you know, our action figures, our video game, having him a part of the brand was a win. Here we are, like you said, 15 years later, I think it's almost the exact same story. Uh, use him as far as an in-ring talent where it makes sense. Look at him. He can still go and diving off balconies and all that. But uh, the brand equity that he built from the attitude era, uh, and, uh, our, our buddy EB over at 83 weeks, I'm sure you guys have covered in, in detail, the ups and the downs and all that. But when you ha had a character like sting that was created, I mean, gosh, in the eighties with surfer sting, but he resonates at this point now, three generations for sure. Two generations of fans. Uh, there's a, there's a real value to that, that, uh, it, it creates, uh, equity in the brand TNA and it did for a lot of years. And it's kind of amazing when you look at, um, Sting's career and even Kurt's career, they spent 
I think more time with the TNA brand than they did with WCW and, and, um, Sting's situation, just because the length of WCW and, and same with Kurt and WWE, they put a lot of equity in that brand. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Let's um let's take a break right now and remind everybody to stop sleeping on Impact Wrestling and start sleeping with Chili Sleep. Sleep Me is the new home for Chili Sleep. They're bringing you the same great sleep that Chili Sleep offered, but under a new name. Guys, this has been a game changer for me. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the little gimmick right there on the bedside table, that little white box. That's the Uller. That's what I've got. I absolutely love it. Even when I travel, I bought a second one to travel with. I just sleep better, man. Uh, and, and I can't recommend it enough. They make an Uller, a Cube, and a Doc Pro sleep system. All three are water-based, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to give you your ideal sleep temperature. These are like mattress pads that, think of them as like a smart thermostat for your bed. You get to automate what temperature it is, and it stays that way until you tell it not to. My wife has the new Sleep.me app. And it allows for what they call enhanced device control. Again, think of it as like a smart thermostat for your bed. So she automates her. She's got sleep scheduling. So she'll climb into a warm bed, especially during the winter. She doesn't want to get all hot and sweaty. So it'll cool her down as she sleeps, but then warm her up to wake her up. She set that up one time and now it does it every night. Imagine climbing into a bed that was the perfect temperature, waking up in a bed that was the perfect temperature. You see, these systems are designed to keep your bed at the perfect temperature all night long. So you never get hot. You never get cold. It's just the perfect kind of sleep that you need. And both sides can be totally customizable, y'all. My wife likes to sleep at a different temperature than I do. I like to sleep a little cooler as a fat guy, roll tide. Either way, these systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy you need to power through your day. I know for sure I'm more productive. Prior to chilly sleep, I never had dreams. I would get up and I would pee a couple times a night. I might sleep six hours. I never pee. I don't flip the pillow. I don't fight with the covers. I sleep all the way through. I have bright, vivid, colorful dreams. Hell, I'll wake up drooling some days. Here's the real difference, though. I don't have that afternoon crash. I have a couch in my office. Jeff's seen it. Jeff sat on it. It was there because that was my napping couch. I don't need naps in the afternoon anymore. Chilly sleep has made me poor productive. I can't say it any more plainly than that. Head on over to sleep.me forward slash my world to learn more and save 25% off the purchase of any new Doc Pro, Cube, or Uller sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for my world with Jeff Jarrett listeners. It's only for a limited time. It's a hell of a deal. That's sleep, S L E E P dot M E slash my world to take advantage of our exclusive discounts and wake up feeling refreshed every day. Jeff, I love mine and I know you love yours too. You know how much I love it? or how much I know that I love it. Went to bed, uh, I don't know, 10 days or so ago. Somehow, some way, either the plug came out on the power strip, all this. Wake up next morning, Karen goes, man, you are hot. And I go, you ain't kidding. She said, you tossed and turned for the last couple of hours. Are you all right? You're back? I'm like, yeah. Yep. 
it was unplugged. I noticed it. So uh, getting into bed, I guess uh, it's, it's not that big a deal. But I'm telling you, to get the good deep sleep, especially those last couple hours of sleep, I think when your body starts to warm up and the, the, the chilly sleep kind of keeps you uh, cool, if you will, in that deep sleep. That's how I noticed it. So it is a, uh, it's a game changer in, uh, I call it real sleep. Sleep.me forward slash my world. Um, let's talk about some of the, the feast or fired matches. Meltzer was pretty critical of it. He says, even though the execution was lame in a lot of ways, I like the idea of the annual feast or fired briefcase match, similar to WWE's annual money in the bank match at mania. To me, a lot of what building a wrestling brand is you make things special. TNA does a horrible job of this with the exception of the ultimate X, which was a great innovation that they do too often. What has TNA come up with ladder matches on TV? So they have no impact Royal rumbles on every pay-per-view. So they have no impact King of the mountain. While the matches are usually good, it's too confusing to draw buys. And the idea of this match once a year is good, except they have to get rid of the fired aspect because it removes all logic. So Meltzer's pretty critical of some of the gimmicks. You being a guy who grew up in Memphis, you know that, well, gimmicks are a necessity if you're trying to sell it 52 times a year. How would you respond to that criticism from Mr. Meltzer? He's spot on on some cases on, on others. It's uh, and look, we were very, very guilty of having moderate success with something and going back to the well too soon. But the, I said it earlier, being that slave to getting those numbers up in ratings, what you just said, it's, you know, to have a, I don't say a non-gimmick, but yeah, step up matches any way we can to put stakes. And and when I say in my, my brain, most of the time, a stipulation creates stakes or different stakes as opposed to just winning and losing. Cause I think winning and losing for a championship is the ultimate. If you can create that drama for the world heavyweight championship and all that matters is your baby face walking out of that ring, the winner that that's kind of the ultimate goal. But when you move down the card and, and, and episodically get in the meat and potatoes of things, creating different stakes is, is not easy. So, uh, you know, we would try all kinds of things. Um, some work, some didn't, you know, he, but he, D- Dave, for the most part, um, w- was, I mean, it's, fair enough. I'll say that fair enough. The thing that I wanted to t- kind of bring to the forefront as digital and social media and Conrad, you can remember for years, the month after WrestleMania guaranteed to happen was house cleaning. People got let go. It just, it, I mean, it, it became a, as, as the business kind of opened up to behind the scenes, it's okay. There's a turnover in talent. So my thought was, okay, if a guy knows that we're finishing up his contract, let's build that into the story and he loses, but it's not like he isn't already aware, but Hey, we, we give him something that is featured. He, so he actually wins a case uh, okay, so he did well in his last match. Unfortunately, the, the the episodic nature was that case has you losing your job and you move on because you've always got turnover in talent, always. So just kind of 
create that into the storyline. Now, in Chris's case, we were going to bring him back as Curry Man. That was the story. But I like the fact of Feast or Fire doing it yearly, and somebody legitimately was going to be, move on in some shape, form, or fashion. So there actually were real stakes. Title shots were three cases. The other one was moving on, big slip. Let's talk about Dustin Rhodes. He's going to come out and uh, not acknowledge that he's Black Rain. So I guess the idea is he's got a split personality. And he says that last week on TV, he was attacked by Kaz, but he doesn't know why. Kaz comes out, they argue, start brawling again. And then Samoa Joe turns into a badass killer again. He gets a DQ for beating up on Alex Skipper and then grabs a mic and it cuts out with the idea that the company can't trust him with a microphone anymore. Team 3D is going to come out in Santa costumes. Divine's going to wear an elf costume. They're trying to apologize to the X division guys. So they call them out. It turns out it's little people dressed like Saban, Shelly and lethal. Uh, eventually they have a pole match with the winning team getting to pick a match at the pay-per-view between a tables match or an ultimate X match. And since the last pay-per-view had a tables match, it's machine guns and lethal winning, and they'll do an ultimate X match at the pay-per-view. There's also a four-way hardcore match between, um, relic, uh, black rain, abyss and shark boy. They do a Christmas street fight with a tree with barbed wire around it. There's presents underneath that tree that are all weapons. Man, you guys are pulling out all the stops here with barbed trees and little people and Santa's. Listen, sometimes we take it a little overboard on these holiday shows. And I know nobody's historically watching, but why not lean into it and have some fun? It seems like you guys did that. That's exactly the game plan that you're challenging enough. And I don't know where Christmas and new year's fell, uh, during this time frame, but regardless it's holiday. I mean, the networks never run anything original in December or, or they pull off of it. I know those things, those kind of seasonal situations are going away and especially in the streaming world, they don't even almost have that mentality, but you know, Christmas viewing is always down or December viewing is always down. So it is, do you roll over and play dead or just try to step it up to catch somebody's eye? Ultimately that catches up to you. But in this era of TNA, we were, you know, we were doing everything we could to get those numbers uh, because that's where our main revenue was coming from. Well, here's another one of those crazy ideas. Our boy, Frankie Kazarian is going to beat AJ styles in a loser. wears a reindeer suit ladder match. Of course. <laughs> Look at Alan. The, if you're not watching on YouTube, you got to see AJ styles, putting on a reindeer suit. Uh, the, the main event is a cage match with Christmas lights all over the cage. I couldn't make this up. If I tried it's LAX and Booker and Scott Steiner beating Jimmy Rave, Lance Hoyt. James storm and Robert rude. A lot of gimmick matches here, but tis the season. I suppose eventually Cornette comes out Joe confronts him about not having a match on the pay-per-view and Nash said that he did and that he and Joe had a title shot at Tomco and styles. Uh, and in the first of our four Royal rumble matches that were taped on the same day, airing over two weeks, we got Williams winning an X division rumble to get a title shot. Let's remind everybody this is happening on shows that will air in January <laughs> and, uh, we're doing four Royal rumbles in two days. I have no recollection of that, but I believe it. Jesus it's crazy. Is it not? It's, it's almost like, Hey, 
we're the minor leagues, but we're trying to replicate what they're doing. Look, we got them too. It's what are we doing? Uh, Saban and Shelly win a tag team rumble, uh, beating Hoyt and Rave in the end. That means they're the top contenders. Uh, and then, believe it or not, Karen Angle suffers a broken leg at these TV tapings. This is done on December 11th. Karen would land badly when leaving the ring and had to be carried backstage during an interview segment. When leaving the ring, she jumped off the apron and instead of taking the steps, she's wearing these high heels. And that means it's a recipe for disaster. Um, what do you remember about this? First, that's funny that that picture that was thrown up there, Marcus, you're in trouble. No, that, it, I, she hated that promo shot, which is that's a whole sidebar story, which is funny. But um, I asked Karen uh, on, the, on the research, I said, what do you remember about this? She said, nobody would take me to the hospital. Oh, okay. Uh, but man, she can get around on high heels. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I kind of remember, uh, the, the scenario and, um, one of those freak things where this, in this scenario, sometimes as a heel, she would have to get away from the baby faces, but in this scenario, she could have easily taken the steps and she didn't and broke her foot. And yeah, um, that, that's, that's about all my recollection of, 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 of that scenario. Uh, but again, I'm going back to those four rumbles. Can you believe that, Conrad? The hell were we thinking? It's a little crazy, dude. Uh, TNA is going to make a deal with New Japan to air matches on Spike from the Tokyo Dome show after Impact, uh, and also a Friday and Saturday replay. And the show is called TNA Wrestling Global Impact. It'll air Kurt and Yuji Nagata taking each other on for the TNA and IWGP title. How does that deal come together between you guys, New Japan, and Spike? Well, New Japan uh, and us were doing big business together, and we had some talent they wanted, and we had some folks that we brought over for them. We, you know, we weren't doing a lot of live events, but we were doing the TV tapings. Okada was a young man at that time, um, but it just kind of came out of that. And then Kevin Sullivan, myself, um, Spike, you know, when you think about kind of creating shoulder programming and at that time we desperately wanted to do that, Conrad, how do we create more content for spike? That was always at the very top of our line. Can we get a second show? Can we get a half hour show? Can we get a quarterly special? Can whatever it may be, you know, clash of the champions, battle of the belts, that whole mentality. How do we grow our programming? Because that's essentially creating more brand awareness, creating revenue. I could, you know, go all the way down the list with that. But when they found out that, you know, the dome show and Kurt in the position that he was going to be on the show, team 3d, there were, you know, we had some talent on that show prominently placed. Uh, we just came up with the content. Uh, I mean, the concept in how do we create a, a special, uh, for this and Kevin K and, and the powers that be at spike, jumped all over it and so that that show uh i flew over i didn't wrestle the show i was i was in kurt's corner not so much as a manager kind of as a as a second just kind of being representing tna not so much representing kurt but i was representing the brand if you will and and yuji nagata and god almighty they tore the house down um go out of your way as conrad would say but no that was the that was the the scenario um but that show did, um, if I recall, a surprisingly decent number. 
uh, but spikes certainly love the vibe of it because Tokyo Dome, I mean, does it get any really bigger than that than doing a dome show or being a part of a dome show? And so it put TNA on the same stage in, in a global perspective of the number one promotion in Japan. It was a win-win-win for everybody involved. It gave New Japan great exposure as well. Uh, you were at that show, Meltzer would say, but not as a performer, but looking to further business relations between the two companies and look at talent as they've been looking at adding a few names. Who did you meet with? How did it go? It just it was a very, you know, tagatory, just the, the New Japan officials. Um, it wasn't like I was looking at any one individual because the reality is it's, hey, who New Japan? Who do you want us to take? Who do you want us to feature? Who do you want us? Because they had their evaluation of their talent was really all that mattered because if they're sending a, a talent to the States, they're going to help pay for their living expenses and basically subsidizing them. So it's, it's really their decision, but how do we continue this working relationship? Um, there was, a, there was just a really good talent exchange. Uh, when I think about how that fell apart, uh, I'm not so sure I didn't get some heat for that back in the day. Uh, but it, you know, it was, it was just kind of a, a complete debacle of the value that Dixie Carter and others put on that relationship. I can remember me and Bob Ryder just looking at each other at times, like, do they see zero value, even from a monetization point of view? And, and even from us sending guys there, maybe they don't think it's going to help our spike deal, but we're growing a, an entire business, not just a TV business, but. Dixie really saw no value in it and, and her decisions reflected that. We, uh, we get the go home episode of impact built around Jeremy Borash being at AJ Styles home to see if he'll choose between angle and Christian. And that does start to make AJ feel like a primetime player. I mean, this is a big time segment more than just wrestling. You know where uh, they shot at where our old pal, Danny English house. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I love, love those little uh go out of your way to watch these aj blossoming as a performer when yeah you, absolutely when you see him maturing uh it's fun stuff glenn gilberti is now working as an agent as is d'lo brown that's directly from the observer uh talk to me about glenn coming in as an agent what do you remember about working with him see i saw this in the notes and i'm trying to think to myself did he and D'Lo, did they replace guys or did we add? I felt like we were adding because, again, one to two hours, Dutch there, Cornette there, but really segment, or I will call them segment producers. I, I kind of think that was the situation during this time um, that we needed segment producers because, um, again, I, I think Explosion, which was our, our uh, B show that was international, so explosion, two hours of impact when you're shooting one and a half show uh, a day in Orlando. So with pre-tapes, matches, um, international commitments, it takes a lot of, it takes a unit, it takes a team. So I'm assuming uh, we just added to as opposed to replacing others. I can't recall specifically, but I think we're adding. And that, uh, my, my best recollection, that's how that all came about. Let's talk a little bit about, um, the, the Canadian house show tour you're going to do before the turn of the year there, what's called a sold show, which means that you guys are getting a, a 
set yeah. amount of money and you're going to provide the show. And some other local promoter has agreed that he's going to provide the venue and he's going to do the local marketing and you guys are just getting a check. And the torch would, would report that there were only one of these four shows that were a success and the other three quote unquote lost their asses. Is that how you remember it? I don't remember it being super profitable, but I remember this. We uh, were happy to get our talent. To, uh, the shows were not expensive. We basically covered our, you know, our, our and those type shows, the normal arrangement would be we get paid for our talent. We get paid for our travel and we'll, we'll kind of basically say administrative cost. So they weren't super ex expensive. Uh, and a promoter like that can have, one super successful show. And if he broke even on the other three, it's it, this happens all the time in the music business. You don't want to have a, a string of losers because it's hard to catch up. But if you can kind of balance it out, if I recall, it was not a booming success, but uh, everybody ended up doing okay. Let's talk about the ratings. All the shows in the run up, except for this one, did a 1.16 rating. Um, so that's one and a half million viewers on average in each episode. And Wade Keller of the torch would point out that the highest rated segment is usually the women. And this is a time where on the other channel, the ladies are positioned as being a popcorn match. a let me up match it, it, They're usually in just the dead spot and their time just gets cut routinely. If, if somebody runs long, we're not sure what to cut of the remaining segments. Unfortunately, the ladies would always be the people who would get the old hatchet. Meanwhile, here you guys are enjoying your best ratings with the women. Was Spike putting pressure on you to use them more? Or was that an initiative that, Hey man, this is what they're buying. Let's give them more of that. Internally from us, we all recognize I'm not going to say Spike didn't, but you know, in a two hour show, Conrad, when you come out of the gate for us, sometimes we would have a CSI lead in, lead in. So we would be dumped a lot of viewers that weren't wrestling fans, but it reflected in the rating. And so we would have a hell of a Q, first quarter real good, but quarter two would kind of drop because it's the turnover and all the CSI viewers were gone away. But then the crossover going from hour one to hour two was always good because it would be a longer segment. You didn't want people to change channels at the top of the hour. And then in our episodic writing, we always tried to build toward the main event the very last quarter hour. And so that was kind of the, you know, uh, mindset that you kind of set the hook uh, early in the show on what your main event's going to be. You give them really something to stick around for the crossover. And then in between you episodically uh, build the stories, maybe pay off a, a smaller B story or a C story, but that's how the kind of circle goes. And we noticed often that, wow, okay, the knockout's, that 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 quarter hour was a little above average because you know you have the running graphs and that happened week two week three in, you know i'm not saying this specific week but you just saw the pattern and the knockouts and and we all said internally just what you said we are presenting the knockouts as competitors yes there is the quote unquote TNA factor, not total nonstop action, not total nonstop action, the other TNA, that factor, but also Awesome Kong and Gail Kim and that story uh, meant something. And, and then others. And, you know, as the years went along, 
you know, our knockouts division, but kind of my entire vision from the beginning, how do we create four distinct divisions? Once that started rolling, yes, the knockouts were grabbing numbers. Uh, that's when collectively we went from, okay, we're not just going to have one knockout segment of show. We're going to have two. And just kind of that build, again, going back to kind of stay with our successes to try to continue to build the rating. Uh, that was that was our weekly mindset. Keep the rating going up. Well, I'll tell you what else is going up, and that's the love and appreciation for Jimmy's Famous Seafood.com. Oh, yeah. If there's one thing that Jeff Jarrett and I have in common, it's we know where the good eating is. And let me tell you, it's at jimmysfamousseafood.com, and they'll deliver it to you. Now, somebody who's been doing this for a while, let me give you the pro tip. The shipping is usually what makes it, uh, well, less than ideal. It can get just downright expensive to ship seafood, y'all. Think about that. Let's say you're in Alabama and you want some oysters, and they're going to ship them to you from Baltimore. Sounds risky which is why we recommend you do two-day shipping. Make sure it doesn't uh, go bad before you get it. Well, that could be costly until now. You see, when you use our promo code, MYWORLD, you get free shipping. That's right, free two-day nationwide shipping on orders over 125 bucks when you use our promo code, MYWORLD. And what should you get? Well, you should get the best crab cakes in the world. I'm telling you. You're never going to order crab cakes anywhere else once you have these. They've got the best soups that JR has ever eaten. He is a soup junkie. He eats soup all the time. Absolutely loves it. Says nobody's better than Jimmy's. They got the chowders. They got the oysters. They got the signature steaks. I know what you're thinking. Who the hell orders steak at a seafood restaurant? Well, I did. They brought me the prime rib and wanted me to try it once. And I said, I'll be damned. This is the best prime rib I've ever had. Plus, they've got desserts and gluten-free items, something for everybody. It's jimmysfamousseafood.com. Get free shipping when you use that promo code MYWORLD. I want to recommend the famous gift box. They've got four of the world's best colossal Maryland crab cakes, two different crab soups, a crab dip, the seafood seasoning, their signature bay sauce. Maybe you're loving the NFL and these playoffs. Maybe you want to do a little tailgate bundle. I think it gets you some wings, some ribs, pint of crab dip, the crab cake mix. It's phenomenal. I also want to tell everybody that these folks have been in business for more than 40 years. This is legitimately a family-owned business. Jimmy was their dad. John is my friend, and he's the son there, and he's sort of running the front of the house, and his brother runs the back of the house. But if you've ever watched any of those Food Network TV shows, maybe stuff with Guy Fieri or Bobby Flay, you know all about Jimmy's Famous Seafood. They really are the best in the world. They've got a spot at the Raven Stadium. If you're enjoying a Ravens home game, you can eat Jimmy's Famous Seafood. They partner with the Orioles and Pepsi. But again, this isn't some big corporation. They're just big-ass wrestling fans like me and you. Family-owned business and the best crab cakes in the world delivered right to you at jimmysfamousseafood.com. Be sure to use our promo code MYWORLD and save yourself some free shipping. That's Jimmy's Famous Seafood. And use that promo code MYWORLD. Get yourself some free shipping. So Jeff, we're finally at the show. Let's go ahead and remind everybody. You can actually watch this pay-per-view over at impact, impactwrestling.com forward slash packages, and be sure to use that promo code, Jeff. You don't want to miss what we've got planned here in Q1. If you've signed up for that, it's going to be something that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, as a reminder, this 
this show is way down in buys from what we did in 2007. Now, back then that was an Ironman match between Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle, uh, and abyss defending the NWA title in a three-way match with uh, Christian and sting that did 35,000 buys. This show only does 20,000 buys and it's even down 10,000 from turning point. So the natural question to that Jeff is in your opinion, did Scott Hall no showing piss off a lot of paying customers, or is this more of a reflection of current creative? I think, uh, not a or B and look, one of the, I'll say positives and negatives Conrad is that as I get to, if I so choose, go back and learn some business lessons by, uh, really digging in from research and discussion and looking at my world. And, and I also have to relive some things that I wish I didn't have to relive. But with that being said, I don't think you can hang it on Scott Hall. I don't think, I think at the end of the day, we went from one hour to two hours and we knew that, okay, we're doing a pay-per-view at a fixed location. So our expenses weren't astronomical. We made money. We made money on 20,000 buys, Conrad. It, it's right. just kind of that, that, that simple. So was it a, oh my God, we're down. Yes, it was, but it was, oh my God, we're losing money. No, it wasn't that. And as you know, as a small business or a large business owner, that matters, red ink and black ink. But our in completely, I think at times, irrational mindset of going for the numbers. And I say that is that our paying customers who paid for the pay-per-view monthly weekend, I mean, month in month out, don't try to either come to expect them or take them for granted, whatever it may be. But our master was getting those ratings up in, in design to, and look, we got increases every time. So was it the worst decision? It's hard for me to completely argue about that. Our pay-per-view business went down and then kind of flatlined for years, but our revenue on our spike deal continued to go up. Uh, so I can't hang it on Scott or the creative. Did those help or hurt? They hurt. But I'm going to go to option C and say that a year later, we had conditioned our customer that our pay-per-views, other than Bound for Glory and 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 maybe Lockdown, Look, we can kind of pick and choose. Slammiversary is probably three. Those are the quote-unquote must-buy, the other pay-per-views. And look, I think at times that happens right now with the WWE Premium Live Event model. There, You just can't have a pay-per-view extravaganza month in, month out. It just doesn't work that way. You kind of look at some of the Saudi shows and go, oh, my God. Yeah, they're getting paid a boatload of money. But, I mean, there is some real spectacles that you may say, oh, that's kind of overbooked. Well, why is it overbooked? Well, because they're ma making that much revenue. So I'm not trying to compare apples to apples. I'm just saying, it, what's your, what is your, uh, what are you master to? Well, we were master to that television rating, and I think that hurt the buy rate at the end of the day. Let's talk about what uh, Meltzer and Keller had to say about the show quote. TNA is just a company that has lost its way. It's a funny deal for a variety of reasons between reruns on the network, good promotion on the station, a good time slot and star power. More people are watching their TV show than ever before. And it appears that fewer people are buying their pay-per-view shows than any time since they had no television at all. 
For decades, it's been proven that television ratings and drawing are completely different animals. But no matter how many times it's proven, people will subscribe to the theory that we'll do anything to get our ratings up because attendance will soon follow. Bad house show business during the easiest week of the year to draw, a bad advance to the next pay-per-view, and a lower level of buys on pay-per-view with even more star power than ever before, a message is being sent. So let's talk about that for a minute because you yourself, you have uh, obviously grown up around the wrestling business and television ratings didn't exactly really matter in Memphis. I mean, they did, but the way you got paid and your dad got paid was not based on the ratings. It was always based on how many tickets you sold. Do you subscribe to the theory that TV ratings and being a draw are two different things? Yes. Yes. Um, I want to make sure I'm answering TV ratings and, and, uh, elaborate on what you mean by a draw. So I'm saying ticket sales, pay-per-views, like there is, there is a certain fan who will consume all of your content. You can give them for free, but when it comes time for them to open their wallet, well, that's a different animal. That's the, the barometer. Um, you know, whether it's Jerry Jarrett or Jim Crockett senior or Eddie Graham or Vince senior or Vince junior, the monetization of your product at the end of the day is all that matters. And t-shirt sales or merch sales is another great barometer. Yes. Television ratings is something that the ad market is is beholden to but okay so you kind of break out oh man we p2s you did two million viewers or one million viewers well no okay tell me what males 18 to 34 is because i've got this male deodorant that i'm selling i could care less if women are watching your show i could care less of 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 a male 45 years i I want males 18 to 34 so the the ad market dives into the demos and the ratings and all that kind of stuff so yes it's a different um, and, and, and I think there's so many instances that we as a company, I think others had is that you start just completely overlooking what's right in front of you. Are you putting butts in seats? That's, that's your barometer. Are you selling tickets? I mean, you know, you just last week and it's cause it's topical when I cracked Paul Walterhausen, the forum was full. And the show started locally, and I know it's a West Coast and they're, you know, used to it, but still locally, five o'clock on a Wednesday. Right. That to me is They took a- off work to come to the show. You damn right they did. Because they wanted to see a big star like oh, Paul Walter Hauser. Hauser Mr. Globe winner. Oh God. Try to help you You're on his jock now. Like, get over Sottenham Singh. You're oh, you're on his jock. Walter Housen is you're. He's my real life friend. Effing his jock. Oh, he is. He's. You, do you not think? Let me ask you this: How many times have you gone out in public and just name dropped him? Zero times. I'm going to answer for you. This is my oh, point. Zero. No, zero times. I guarantee you, Walter Housen in his day to day. Even his name. Well whatever his name is, I guarantee you in his day-to-day conversations, he name drops. Oh yeah. Conrad Thompson. Yeah. You know, the Podfather. he's a buddy of mine. We were just texting. What, what, what are you doing? 
I guarantee you he name drops you. He's a germ on our business. No question. He what is, is a germ? He's a, a leech. Sucks out okay. of it. Yeah, okay. he's going to stand in the ring. I mean, the phoniness of his delivery last week was so transparent. Oh, I'm, I'm a wrestling fan, first and foremost, and I bypass... Yeah, I bypass Connecticut, go straight to Jacksonville. Hey, you moron. Who cares? He is a Jonah Hill wannabe. You watch your mouth. Well, Walter Housen is. You reckon Honky Tonk Man's still upset that you stole his gimmick, or is he over? Oh, man. Come up with new material. <laughs> that is so weak. I'm Would just saying. Really? Please call Shuley or your butt bud Casio and let them deliver you some new content, please. Uh, this is a shame. You know what? <laughs> Don't give me that. Just a shame. Let's <laughs> talk about the show here. We got LAX beating the rock and rave connection or infection rather. It's Lance Hoyt and Jimmy rave. Uh, the observer gives it two and a quarter stars. They get six minutes and 48 seconds. Meltzer would say everyone worked hard, but it came off very indie level, particularly with Hoyt. Of course, we know that Lance Hoyt has certainly evolved as a performer. High five to Lance. Uh, the finish would see Christy Hemi interfere. Shelly Martinez in her costume comes out. And while this is going on, Hernandez gives Raves a border toss off the middle rope, almost like a splash mountain for the pin. And after the match, Hoyt goes after Martinez. She gives him a low blow. Hemi gives Martinez a low blow, but uh, nobody sells it. She then throws Hemi out of the ring. And, uh, then takes the mask off and her coveralls and the whole crowd starts chanting Shelly. The minute the mask came off, of course, she's fresh off WWE TV and ends with her doing a stripper dance. So listen, if we're looking for surprises, we got it here. What'd you think of the LAX tag team homicide and Hernandez? what do you think of them as a, a pairing? Uh, you know, authentic and, and look, you can't have LAX with, without Conan, without K dog. Um, and there's so many different iterations, but um, to me, you talk about a theme that sets the, the tone for two guys to walk down to the ring. Uh, it's funny that Dave made that comment, made it very indie feel. I wonder what he specifically meant by that, but, uh, I've always been a fan of LAX, no matter what iteration. Let's, uh, let's also talk about, uh, how throughout the show, there's a, a best of three drinking segments contest with Eric young, James storm. Uh, they're calling it the DCS, the drinking championship series, which you and I, a couple of years ago could have dominated. Uh, <laughs> this was filmed the night before to explain Jeremy Borash being there. And the first segment involved drinking and I guess running down an embarrassing moment that involved the other after each drink. And after the jokes about storms, catching young, buying rubbers in a skit months ago, Young accused Storm of being at the Detroit race riots in 67. So it's a little silly, a little fun. Um, and the DCS, you, you get that. I mean, yeah. years ago during this era, DCS yeah. yeah. was college football, very prevalent. It was a buzzword. Uh, I mean, that was in the news every, especially in December. I mean, December college football, like me and you spent 20 minutes at the top of this podcast. It's all really any sport fan was talking about the BCS series. So, so obviously it's a uh, pop culture reference for us to kind of gravitate over into the DCS series. And Eric young, I think will go down in history, a hell of an in-ring performer, very serious when he needs to be, but at times when he wanted to do 
the the comedic role, man, I think he had very few peers. Let's uh, let's talk about who has no peers, and that's our friends at CamperMax. CamperMax.com is going to make some of those New Year's resolutions for you come true, especially if one of your New Year's resolutions was to get out and travel more or spend more time with the family. Why not do them both at the same time with our friends at CamperMax? They specialize in max discounted pricing on travel trailers and fifth-wheel RVs, and they can be delivered anywhere in the lower 48 from your office, your cell phone, or your couch, you can start enjoying the RVing lifestyle. They'll deliver it to you. You know how else easy they make it? Well, they got a discount that will fit any budget. They offer easy financing with extended terms. It really is too easy. Find out how easy for yourself at CamperMax.com. That's C-A-M-P-E-R-M-A-X-X.com. Or give them a call. 256-320-7033. Be sure to mention me, Conrad. And they'll get you that old friend of a friend deal. I've been personal friends with Rod Wagner and his crew over at CamperMax.com for a long time. And they take great care of me. They will for you too. Just be sure to mention my name at CamperMax.com. There's two X's in Max. C-A-M-P-E-R-M-A-X-X.com. The next match here is uh, Gail Kim. And she's going to pin Awesome Kong in 12 minutes and 44 seconds. And Meltzer would say, putting this kind of world title match on this early makes it hard to follow. The Torch loved it. They gave it three and three-quarter stars. Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. But it's a no-DQ match that nearly steals the show. And Meltzer would say, by the end, had the most heat on the card. And Kong is going to throw Mike Tanay's papers on the floor and scare Don West. And this is really, really good stuff. Um, This is the era where I feel like Gail Kim and Awesome Kong help impact put women's wrestling on the map Two of the best performers in the world at that time. Uh, this is just the good old days of TNA and the knockouts division. Would you agree? Right up there with the best of the best of the legacy of TNA. Now we've got LOL TNA and we've got gimmick this and gimmick that, but we've also got ultimate X and uh, some really incredible homegrown performers, Joe, AJ, I mean, we could go through the list, but right at the top of the list is Gail and Awesome Kong and the Knockouts Division. And this is 15 years ago. Um, and not just critically acclaimed because fans that would walk into the arena that certainly didn't follow almost anything online, maybe, you know, at a TV taping, they were part of the park audience that we were mandated to let in a hundred people or 50 people or whatever it may be. They understood those two characters and they just compelling television. I mean, not just good women's wrestling. It was good professional wrestling. Go out of your way to see it sincerely. If there's one match on this show to go watch, it might be this one. I mean, this is just phenomenal. They set a whole new level. And, uh, they're able to still make Kong a monster, even though she's losing. Uh, I mean, Meltzer even argues this could have been the main event. Yep. Maybe, maybe wrestling wasn't ready for it, but boy, these performers were phenomenal stuff. Next up, they're going to do the same skit. They do every pay-per-view according to Meltzer. Kurt is worried. He's going to lose the title and styles may go with Christian. So Karen has an idea, but she won't tell Kurt. I feel like we should, uh. Just roll the footage here because, and by the way, you can see this all on pay-per-view over on the, uh, the impact app, which we've given a few times. 
It's impactwrestling.com forward slash packages. Use that promo code Jeff. Well, we've got a minute and 40 seconds or so here that you just got to see to believe. Let's take a look. The bathroom? The men's bathroom again? I got tipped off AJ's in here getting ready for his match. Okay, well, before we do this, breathing exercises, hello. No, no more breathing. I think you have gawked at my breasts long enough. What breasts? Karen, this is the men's bathroom. I know, you... I know. But I figured since you have such a tough decision tonight, that I might come in here and relieve you of your tension. How are you gonna relieve me of my tension? I, I got, I got an important decision to make tonight. It's killing me. AJ, oh. I have my ways. What, what, what are you saying? You, you like me? liked you. Why do you think I recruited you? Does Kurt know? No, AJ, this is between you and me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Come on. You've lied to me before. I mean, you said I could be on both teams, and, and now look what's happened. I, I mean... AJ, I would never lie to you about something like this. And if you make the right decision tonight, there's plenty more where that came from. Baby, she likes me. She really likes me. Oh, man. I'm go to the bathroom. Why do you think AJ went to the bathroom? He had to urinate. <laughs> Look, I was watching you watching that. What about JB's eyes? JB was the star of that whole segment. Furly eyes. Furly eyes. Unbelievable. Oh, and ODB is always a scene stealer. <laughs> that right there, she was doing her best Stan Hansen in No Holds Barred. This was just a phenomenal, hilarious, stupid segment. I love it. Uh, <laughs> it makes me chuckle. Next up, we got Judas pinning Abyss in 11 minutes and three seconds. The observer and the star both gave it, or, or the, the torch both gave it a star and a half. Uh, there's a barbed wire chair. Abyss is bleeding from the head and the arm, and he's pinned. Mitchell's going to open his new bag. It has a canister of gasoline. At least that's what it's supposed to be. They pour it all over Abyss. It gets in his eyes. Mitchell pulls out a match to set Abyss on fire, but security comes out to stop it. Um, this has Dutch Mantel written all over it. What'd you think? Of course. And, you know, Dutch had a lot of success with both of these guys in Puerto Rico. He knew the characters. He knew that, you know, a lot of times it just never quite translate. And of course that's because the Puerto Rican fans weren't, weren't around it, but, uh, yes, Dutch Mantel fingerprints all over it. And Vince Russo fingerprints all over the previous segment. You can, yes, just, imagine you, that. you can just see <laughs> easy. Now you can just see the, the ebbs and flows, of course. Next up, we got Booker T and Charmel wrestling, uh, Robert Rude and Mrs. Brooks. Most of the match, of course, that's Booker T and Rude. Meltzer would say it was decent, but nothing more. The observer gave it two and a half or two stars and the uh, torch gave it a star and a half. Uh, ultimately, um, after the match, and this is after Charmel pins Brooks with a schoolgirl. Rude's going to start blaming Brooks for losing again. Brooks is going to slap him. Rude starts screaming at Brooks, acts like he's going to beat her. 
Charmel runs in. So they do a spot so you can barely see it where rude knocks down Charmel with an elbow to the jaw and they play it up like this, this huge injury angle. Um, where are you at on this? See, I think we were, where were we going with it the next month? I remember in the house, it got a crazy good react. Well, I say good, positive, or was it a bad one? But it got a authentic reaction. People were not sure what exactly happened. Are you for it though? The idea of, you know, a lot of people are, are for intergender matches. Other people say, oh no, you can never do an intergender match. This is not an intergender match, but we do have a guy elbowing a lady in the face by accident. But, but the thing was Booker's got to get his, that's his wife. So Booker's got to get his come up. It's on, 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 on Bobby. I get all that. At the end of the day, you're, you're still, um, going down a road. I'm for intergender matches. If, if need be, and let the female get their comeuppance on the male. If that's what the story dictates in this, it's you're kind of splitting hairs. I get it. Cause you kind of have to try different things. It was executed. Uh, if I recall really, really well, but the payoff just what wasn't what we were. We never got there. We know you're for intergender matches because you'll hit golden globe winners over the head. Yep. You'll hit grandmas over the head. Yep. You'll hit women over the head. You'll help the, you'll hit the mentally disabled over the head. You don't care. No, I'm, I'm going to get Dan housing for it's all over. Well, little weeble that's probably fine i'm for that one okay that's a uh next up we got team 3d and johnny divine winning an ultimate x match over chris saban alex shelley and jay lethal Meltzer would say it was entertaining but it also basically killed the ultimate x gimmick and the entire premise was ridiculous the x division title belt was at stake and hung on cables and the winner is whoever takes it down however the championship held by lethal wasn't at stake what i don't get it i i and i tried to jar my memory and reread that research pass. I don't get it. I don't, I still don't understand it today. I mean, I, I could see why you would make fun of the X division after this. And, uh, certainly team 3d comes out and does exactly that two and a half stars in the observer, three stars in the torch. And next up is AJ styles and Tomco beating Samoa Joe and Kevin Nash in 12 minutes and 10 seconds. They're going to retain the tag titles here. Uh, Nash and, and Joe are doing promos and talking like they're seeing eye to eye, which of course means they're turning on each other. Uh, as he goes for the tag, Nash is going to walk out and the crowd starts chanting. Thank you, Tom Co. Of course, quote unquote, Joe is shooting promos designed to make him an anti-authority babyface. garnered the exact opposite reaction. And Tom Co was actually turned babyface by some of the fans. This feels like maybe we got too cute for our own good. Should we have just leaned into Nash and Joe right away? Yes. As a swing yeah. of this for sure. Uh, the torch gave it two and three quarter stars. The observer liked it a little better three and a quarter stars. The basic idea here is Joe and Nash are still on the same page. Even though Nash walked out on Joe because he made him look bad at the last pay-per-view. So Meltzer says, see, it wasn't a turn to start a feud. It was Nash teaching Joe a, a, a valuable veterans lesson about the industry. It's a little silly. Yeah. Next we pay off the DCS, the drinking championship series. Uh, we were tied at one apiece after James storm PP his pants and said he spilled a beer and no, it was actually wee wee. Somebody had to smell it to see, 
the highlight here in the finals is Borash yelling, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna puke. Mimicking Vince McMahon, like beyond the mat. Storm is going to spike Young's drink, causing him to pass out. So Storm wins, and now he gets to pick a match at the next pay-per-view. Next up, it's Kurt Angle and Christian Cage for the TNA title. The crowd is totally burned out by the time they came out. Uh, Meltzer gave it three and three-quarter stars. So did the torch. They got 18 minutes and 39 seconds. As Christian's going to turn his back, Styles does the springboard into a Masawa-style forearm into the back, and Angle gets the pin after the Olympic slam. So what do you know? Karen got AJ to whack off and protect the championship. Karen's got her ways. Does she know it? Of course. I'll say this, folks. Because Dave, he thought the crowd was burned out, and he may have some validity to that. But there was always something about Kurt and Christian. And I, God, this sounds so uh, almost cliche-ish. But... Learning to work a main event style match, I just think is the utmost importance. And and this to close the show after all the shenanigans that went on earlier, these two guys knew how to do it. It's it's it, to me is a really, really, really good match. I love the match. I think uh two criminally underrated performers. I think when people talk about a Mount Rushmore, they almost never talk about Kurt Angle. I don't know why. I think it's probably because he spent more time here in TNA than he did in WWE. And I think a lot of people um sort of view Christian as Edge's tag team partner, whether that's fair or not. And so they they automatically sort of compare and contrast. And I think he's suffering what what Bruce and I have sort of called the Chavo Guerrero disease, where you know, it's not Chavo's fault. He's related to Eddie and it's not Christian's fault. His tag team partner was edge yep. but without the other boy. They could have been a much bigger star. And I think the same thing exists for guys like Marty Jannetty and on down the line, all very capable, talented performers, but the positioning, you know, in, in, in Hollywood, we hear guys, or we would hear from guys back in the day, like James Gandolfini, it was almost impossible for him to get roles that weren't as Tony Soprano. The world viewed him as Tony Soprano. So it was hard to imagine him as something else. And I think that's probably what this is. Meltzer would say the wrestling was very good. It was a long show with a lot of gimmicks, but the match itself, it was great. And then the finish just sort of is what it is. There's a lot of story with the whole Karen stuff. Uh, but this is a company that feels like it's struggling to find its identity where maybe we're trying to serve too many masters. And that's easy for us to say with the benefit of hindsight, but we're getting good ratings. But then when it comes time for a pay-per-view and, and even some of these television segments, this to me can be summed up as crash TV and it was working, but maybe it wasn't working beyond the television rating because buys are down. And yes, it was December, but I kind of went back and tried to look our 2008 wasn't as good as our 2007 for the most part. That's what I'm saying. Take out bound for glory and, and some of that, but th just the trajectory, I think we saw, we were reaping truly what we were sowing as, as, as time went on. Um, you know, we pulled the nose up from time to time, but the television revenue that came domestically and interna internationally kept growing. So, uh, it's just kind of the day ins and day outs of running a business, but this was a December pay-per-view that didn't cash in at the box office, but we progressed stories. Were all of them perfect. No but we progressed them uh, for the most part in, in a, in a evolving manner. Again, a heel AJ styles being developed Bobby rude with Booker T 
Joe and Kev, uh, just, you can just kind of look at the growth of our guys that we were trying to grow our product and grow our characters. Well, maybe you're trying to grow your savings this new year. Can I recommend savewithconrad.com? If you haven't already, let me encourage you to check it out. It's January. And that means most of us know it's Royal rumble season as wrestling fans, but it's also time as parents that, uh, we got to start working on paying off these holiday Christmas credit card bills. I saw a study recently that said that most families take between five and six months to pay those off. You don't have to, you can do it just like that. Save with Conrad.com. If you're looking to get a lower monthly payment, if you're looking to pay off all of your credit card debt, if you're looking to pay your house off faster, buddy, save with Conrad.com can help. Now let me explain. If you have credit card debt, it's up to you how you pay it back. Now, are you stuck making the minimum payments? What's your interest rate on that rascal? Like 28%, you know, you can do better. And they even show you on your statement, how many years it's going to take you to pay it off. Why don't you get rid of all that debt? Why don't you get a cheaper monthly payment? Why don't you get a better interest rate in the process? We can check all of those boxes and let you skip your next two house payments. Think about that. When you go to save with you won't make your February or your March payment. You're done until April 1st and come April. No April fool's joke here. You're going to have a cheaper monthly payment. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners say five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. So why not find out how much money you can save for free at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084 equal housing lender. And I want to remind you, we have an A plus rating with the BBB and check out our reviews. Don't take my word for it. Go see what other people have used our service or saying at conradreviews.com. That's where you'll find we've got more than a thousand five-star reviews. And in fact, our average rating is 4.72 stars. We make saving money easy. So if it's in your new year's resolution to start saving money or get out of debt, I can do it right now on your ride to work. Jeff, real deal last week, or actually two weeks ago now, I helped a guy who had racked up a lot of debt, refinance it all. My man saved over $3,000 a month in monthly. Wow. That's crazy, dude. That's like he just got a whole new income. Yeah. Yeah. How much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. Jeff, let's do some questions and let's put a bow on this one. Francis Reyes says, who did you see at the start at the start of 2008 as the main star for the company? Kurt Angle. It's real. I mean, it's simple. He walked in. He was the star. Uh, Ryback's only fan says, what was it about Gail Kim versus awesome Kong that made it work just so well? Simplistic storytelling and they played their roles. Uh, I mean, you know, it was David versus Goliath and I'm just trying to be brush over real broad strokes, but they knew their, their gosh, they knew their, whatever it is, their part, their gimmick, their persona, whatever it was, it was a very simple story. It was told well, very well. Uh, here's another one. This is from Brad Stanton. Uh, do you think the machine guns should be in the conversation for one of the best of all time? Best of all time. That's stretching it. Um, they're great. Um, but I think when you get into the best of all time, longevity and main event angles are at least two of the barometers merchandise selling. If you're a baby face is, is up there as well. Uh, verbal skills, 
you know, you just kind of go through the different things that when you look at different talent, the, the valuation, um, guys, well, let me ask you this. Let's say the, the, the machine guns are put together for the first time today or a few years ago. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is timing is everything. Me and you oh, talking about everything. If, if the, if the machine guns came along today, are you telling me they wouldn't be tearing it up with the young bucks? They would have the match of the night seven out of 10 times. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so they're in, that's what I'm saying that they're in ring and, and maybe i look at it a little differently. I think your in ring ability is a component. I don't think it's, I just don't think, uh, cause in the, the day this it's a business, it's not a sport. This business is about making money. So how do you make money? Um, uh, promos, uh, it's not all predicated on your in-ring ability. Now, as far as in-ring ability and being innovative, when I think of the innovative matches that the motor city machine guns had at TNA, they are at the very, oh gosh. Well, now hang tight. Now, listen, I, I, I love me some Jeff and I appreciate your wrestling perspective. I think you're one of the smartest minds in wrestling I've ever met. But when you get on here and you talk about tag teams and you talk about promos, I ask myself, self, what was my favorite Bobby Eaton promo? Jim Cornette. Exactly. My point is if we had a mouthpiece with them, I mean, I just think a lot of that, but, but because the rock and roll express are always in that conversation. The midnight express are always in that conversation. The LOD are always in that conversation and the Steiners are always in that conversation. And for other people, the heart foundation, the rockers, the bulldogs, the Dudleys, whatever. But I think if you stack up just the in ring, they're as good as any of those teams in ring. And if you put the right mouthpiece with them, buddy, come on. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it's what, what, what barometers are we measuring them by in ring? Very tip top. Yes. In a, we'll call it the heydays, man, hard to maybe the best tag team. What tag team was better than, than them? I can't come up with one. I, none in TNA. I think they're the best TNA tag team in history. I might agree with you there. Well, here's what I know. We are going to, uh, we're going to scratch our head about what's going on with WWE. And we don't know what we don't know, but we do know that next week we're talking about Raven debuting in TNA. Oh boy. Turn and exit to TNA in 2017. Uh, Russo and Bischoff relaunching WCW, how you were forced out of TNA, Dusty Rhodes, Shawn Michaels, you and celebrities, the spike years, our conversation with Dixie Carter will continue more ring King 2023 is going to be a big year for us here on my world. But next week we talk about Raven. What about Raven debuting here in TNA? In the meantime, if you'd like to ask a question, well, we'd love to have your interaction uh, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're at real Jeff Jarrett and at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad, uh, interact with us directly on any platform at my world pod, but maybe the best thing to do is cruise over and check us out on YouTube. It's my world on youtube.com. We've got some cool visual aids here. Most of us are working from home and doing a lot of double screening. If you got two monitors set up, buddy, this is the perfect way to enjoy our show. It's my world on youtube.com and Jeff, it's pretty cold down here in Alabama. And I hear there's a brand new opportunity. We now not only have the last outlaw as a t-shirt, we've got it as a hoodie. What are you thinking about your uh, last outlaw hoodie? You've been rocking around Hendersonville. 
uh, I, my, my gut tells me if Cody knows this is out, he's going to be the first one to buy it. Uh, <laughs> um, he loves his some merch. Um, I got some feedback on our Don West salesmanship. Um, I, I just, you know, we can't ever do D-Dub uh, justice on that. But, uh, yeah, caveat, that's at boxofgimmicks.com, correct? Boxagimmicks.com is the place to is the place to check out all your Jeff Jarrett merch from uh, the My World Opportunity, and I think that's one of the coolest looking hoodies I've seen. Uh, go see it for yourself over at Boxagimmicks.com. And yeah, man, since we're talking about Don West, I got really really good feedback on last week's show. I heard from a lot of people in the business who worked with him, uh, people like Mike Weber, uh, people like um, Chris Harris, people like Bill Banks, people like Jeremy Borash. Man, they all loved revisiting the late, great Don West. And I know we, we bragged on it at the start of the show, but I just want to do it again here. Did you see that Impact started their show with a 10-bell salute for Don West? How classy, how amazing was it for them to do that? I just think a lot of Scott Demore and his group and what they're putting together for wrestling these days. But the idea that they acknowledged the impact, pardon the pun, that he had on that program was just really a classy gesture. And I know that AEW and WWE mentioned it, but to bring all the talent out on the stage, put his big photo up on the big screen to do the 10 bell salute. Kudos to impact really classy operation. They're running over there for acknowledging Don West. Like, and I appreciate it. You know, I don't think I would have known that Friday night, a uh, big robbery game. My oldest daughter, Jaron, we played crosstown rival and Conrad, you know how I love sports and we thumped our crosstown rival pretty good. So that's what I was doing Friday night, but I had no idea. They did the 10 bell salute hats off. I actually got to go back and watch that. Uh, just because Don was so special and I'm glad that look, it's no secret. Uh, Scott Demore's driving the helm over there and he knew, uh, just how integral Don was to so many things, not just the merch sales and the Don West and say insane daily deals and all that, but just Mike Tanay and Don West, their relationship that literally blossomed before all of our eyes and, they were, you know, they were legit tag team partners. And when you see that progression and, and just, it was really cool. And I, I got a lot of those texts too. And, and some of the folks really close to me and I said, man, here's what's kind of crazy. There's probably another hour or two that I would have liked to have gone into. Cause there's kind of bullet points that me and the research, Derek, we went back and forth and I'm like, Hey, this and that. And I mean, down to, obviously I don't drink anymore, but Don's art of ordering a, a, a mixed drink Conrad at, at a Applebee's or Outback or whatever, um, was, it was a sight to, I mean, it, it, Don was just a, he's a special cat man, but great feedback. Yeah. I enjoyed that last week. I, uh, I appreciate everybody turning up and turning out for us today, uh, over at adfreeshows.com as well. You know, we've, we've talked a lot about adfreeshows.com on this program before where we say, Hey, you get the shows early and ad free, but we're actually doing it with a live studio audience now. So you get to be a part of these recordings during the breaks. We have some private chats and give you some inside scoops on some things that you wouldn't hear otherwise. In fact, uh, after we, uh, wrap up our show. Folks in the chat room, hang out. I'll give you another little scoop that I can't talk about on air. Um, but what I really enjoy is these unique experiences. And Jeff, as folks are listening to this one week from today on Tuesday, the 24th, we've got a really special opportunity at adfreeshows.com. 
That is the exact 35th anniversary of the very first Royal Rumble back in 1988. It was essentially a spite store here to sabotage the bunkhouse stampede put on pay-per-view by Jim Crockett promotions. So they created the Royal Rumble just to hurt it and put it on free TV, put it on USA and hacksaw. Jim Duggan was the winner. We've got hacksaw with us next Tuesday on the exact 35th anniversary. And we'll take a look at that in a very unique watch along. How cool is that, man? Watch the first Royal Rumble with the winner. Adfreeshows.com is the place to be. You're going to hear that next week. So I love Jim. He's uh, a fascinating dude. I've traveled some miles with him, shared a lot of stories with him. Uh, He's a character. uh, But when you go back in time and really understand, I hope y'all get into this a little bit, his journey in professional wrestling from Watts and how he got over down there and then his... I mean, they strapped a rocket ship to him and he was on his way. one time. He was the number two baby face in the WWF behind Hulk Hogan and you, and, and literally everything that went with that, that's saying in that era, that is saying a lot. And he's a part of history, the first Royal rumble winner. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I know you're going to get the story behind the story that modern day fans go, wait, Royal rumble was put on free TV. Yes. Opposite of pay-per-view. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. By design. Yes. The chairman's going to nuke his competition, give away a free product. And that Royal rumble, you're guaranteed to see 30 stars and a new one every 90 seconds. What a, what a formula hats off to Pat Patterson and hats off to everybody for checking out adfreeshows.com. We'll be back next week talking all things Raven right here on my world. Peace. Cause my wife and I were sitting in our living room on a Friday night at eight o'clock and we had the conversation, Hey, are we going to do that refinance? Oh yeah. I guess we need to get on that. And so I submitted an interest card online. And within 15 minutes, they were calling, taking all my preliminary information on a Friday night. So we were like, very impressed with that. The process from the start to the finish, because you know, there's a lot of steps involved with the mortgage process. And each step, it seemed like it just flowed from one step to the other without any bumps, no seams. Uh, Blake is also, we know him personally as well, but you know none of that really factored in. Uh, he was professional. He did his job. Uh, he got results, and he got results quick. And let, let me just say, first of all, that it's been about eight years since we've been through this process, and we were taken aside by the fact that we have we did not set foot in an office. Everything was done electronically. This process has really just left us in shock, and uh, the fact that if you want to refinance, I mean, this process from First Family was like. Like I said, it was so simple, so easy, and I would 10 out of 10 recommend. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.